Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. Happy Monday, man. It is a new week. Here we are in June. Yeah, June 13th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Yes, it is June 13th. I have that correctly on our equipment so we can keep talking. That's excellent. <laughs> we are not recording over anything previous that is important <laughs> and uh, going on at the at the congregation today is our vacation bible school effort hot dog yeah we're excited about that we're in the midst of some studies i think today we're highlighting joshua and the battle of jericho and the walls came tumbling down so if you are listening to this as your morning time with the lord and talking about the text on monday june 13th prior to 10 a.m Eastern time. Eastern time. In the Tampa area. Get in your car, head over to Livingston. We are going to have an adult class. If you've got kids that are, what, ages two through... Two through the eighth grade, actually. All right. All right. My last, the last of my four is in eighth grade, just finishing up. uh, Even just hearing this makes me feel like this is a week of tears. We're like, I can't believe this is happening. Listen, man, my my oldest daughter, she's a senior in high school now, and she's one of the teachers. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Proud of her. There we go. But yeah, they grow up so fast. So last (laughs) week we had several special days. I realized we missed one two weeks ago. Oh, what did we miss? Well, we missed our 600 episode in total. Oh wow! Last Friday was two hundred for the season. for the season, but we have today is episode six oh six total total. Wow. Yeah, so a week ago, a week, well, a little over a week ago, we had episode six hundred in total. That's crazy. That is crazy. I feel like we've been doing this that's, for six hundred days. That's making a lot of people say time flies. Right? <laughs> time flies. Can't believe. Yeah. In fact, our fifteen minutes is flying. We better get into here. Let me tell you something. It doesn't feel like a minute over five hundred episodes. <laughs> it's just that fresh. It's just that new. I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 3 in the English Standard Version. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. And to him Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first, by translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then he is also the king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but resembling the Son of God, he continues priest forever. All right. Well, our Hebrew writer is finally getting back around to Melchizedek and this order of Melchizedek that he wants to encourage the Hebrew Christians about and teach the Hebrew Christians about. He had said, I want to talk to you about Melchizedek, but that's kind of hard because you guys ought to be teachers by now, but you still need milk. But then he turned around and said, but we're going to move on to maturity and talk to them a little about the (laughs) fact that they needed to work harder and they needed to grow and they needed to have faith and patience and endurance like Abraham. Mm -hmm. And then he says, which reminds me of Melchizedek, who I was talking Talking about a little, a few paragraphs ago. Well, that's exactly. Let's talk right. about that guy. Let's talk about that guy, Melchizedek. So, so um, tell me about Melchizedek. What's this business about meeting Abraham in Genesis? Yeah, so the business about meeting Abraham in Genesis. When you go back to Genesis chapter fourteen, we find that uh, Abraham and his uh, entourage, including uh, Lot. Um, are in the promised land, and yet there's a great war that is stirred up among these different uh, sort of city kings, these sort of city-states. And you've got, what, four kings band together and fight against five kings, and in the melee, uh, Lot is kidnapped, Lot and his women and his possessions. And so Abraham 
rises up as a war leader, which we've never really thought of him as that before. But with his men, what's over 300 men, as I recall, they go and they fight and they free lot. They have this great deliverance. And upon their return, Abraham meets this figure named Melchizedek. Melchizedek is presented as this priest of the Most High, and Abraham pays tithes to him, and Melchizedek blesses Abraham in all these events. So this is the priest of the high God that our author has been claiming. This is this is like Jesus. And of course, the only other time we hear about Melchizedek, am I right, is in Psalm 110. I don't think there's any other reference to him. I believe you're right on that. Yeah, so Genesis right 14, like three or four verses, Yeah, and then a statement in Psalm 110 that our author claims is spoken to the Messiah, mm-hmm. the Son, mm-hmm. the King, said on Zion's holy hill, because our author ties it to Psalm 2. And he says that you are a priest. God is saying, I'm appointing you as a priest, not after the order of Aaron and Levi. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that quite a bit. We will talk more, I'm sure. But according to the order of Melchizedek, this this guy who kind of comes out of the mists of times, who seems to come from nowhere and goes Goes nowhere. Goes to nowhere. We don't know anything about his parents. We don't know anything about his kids. We don't know about where he was born. We don't know about where he died. We do know where he reigned. Mm -hmm. As he's he's not only a priest, he's also a king. Yes. Which kind of... Salem. King of Salem, which should kind of put up some flags and say, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. As a Christian, that sounds familiar to me, a, a fellow who is a priest and a king. And so, okay, I'm, I'm starting to see the connections here. Yeah, I mean, what, one of the things that I appreciate appreciate reading the seventh chapter of Hebrews is how the writer just lays out, to me, a, a very reasonable, logical explanation of the priesthood of Jesus contrasting with Levitical priesthood before the chapter's over, but rooting it all in Scripture. And and so able to say, look, here's a couple of verses in Genesis. You may have not thought a whole lot about them, but it is this foreshadow of Jesus Christ. And even paying particular attention to the dynamics between Melchizedek and Abraham to argue for the superiority of a Melchizedek and the superiority of, a, of that priesthood. You know, you talked about all the things we don't know about him, which the Hebrew writer is going to say that's kind of significant when we're comparing to an eternal son of God. But what he does drill down in is what we can say we know about him, which is his name. Yes. And even before we were doing the mics, you were kind of breaking down the name in a way uh, that, you know, it sounded a little different to my ear. But when you do break it down that way, you start to understand where this translations come from, right? Sure, and I may be getting the pronunciations wrong. I know almost no Hebrew, but Melchizedek comes from two words, and I think it's Melech, mm-hmm. which is king, okay, uh, and then Sid- Sidkenu, which is righteousness. In fact, you know, lots of preachers have preached sermons on the names of God, mm-hmm. and when they get to the Lord, our righteousness, it's Yahweh or Jehovah, Yahweh Sidkenu, and so that's where Sedek comes mm-hmm. from. So Melech Sedek. King of righteousness. King of righteousness. King of righteousness. Our author makes a big deal of that. He was not just a king of this city, Salem. Mm-hmm. He is the king of righteousness. That's his name. And of course, he's what he's what what our author is pointing out is that was this priest's name. That is the character and nature of our priest. Mm-hmm. He is the king of righteousness. Yeah. And also this 
king of Salem. Salem. Salem means peace. Yes. My understanding is Salem is also in reference to the the mount and the city that becomes Jerusalem. Yes. Before the Old Testament is over. Yes. Uh, and so uh, you know you you got a fellow who's a king in this city of David before it was the city of David. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. Absolutely. So he's the king of Salem. But what our author really highlights is not just he's the king of this city, mm-hmm. but the fact that Salem mm-hmm. actually also has a meaning. Mm-hmm. And while I, while few of us know a lot of Hebrew, most of us have heard Shalom. Shalom, yes. And Shalom, which means peace. Peace. And so it was a greeting, it was often Mm -hmm. said in greeting, it was often said in parting, and it was that idea of peace. Yes, that's That's this word. Mm -hmm. So he is the king of righteousness, and when we take a look at the city name, he is the king of peace. Peace. Again, our Hebrew author is highlighting that that, you know, what Melchizedek was in title, Mm -hmm. Jesus is in reality. He is the king of righteousness, but he is also the king of peace. 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 Now, it's fascinating about that when we go back to Genesis 14, fascinating to me, is as you said, there's this huge war that's going on. Right. Four kings have banded together with, and five other kings have banded together, and now they're fighting against one another. But here's this yeah. king that's up in this land. He's not a part of that war. He was neither one of the four nor one of the five. All right. And so... So there's a very real sense in which he is a king of peace. He's not a part of this war that's going on, and he is the one that has come out and blessed Abraham for his victory. Mm -hmm. And what a a powerful thing. Of course, that's all tying back to the promises. Those who bless Abraham will be blessed. Yeah. Perhaps we're learning something about why Jerusalem ends up becoming the city of God. Here's this king of Salem that comes out to bless Abraham, and his city ultimately becomes God's city. It seems as well that this uh, king priest knows the true God, and, and that is certainly distinct from all of these other uh, Canaanite peoples and cities with their paganisms and their excuse me paganism and the idolatries and all such as that. He's a unique figure that way. He's the priest of the Most High God, mm-hmm. which even with that phrase, there there is, you know, there's question. Does Most High God mean the the, the term? I think here's, here's a new term I've learned actually within the last year or two. Henotheism. Henotheism. Henotheism is the idea that there are multiple deities, but there's one supreme deity over all of them. And so some are so suggesting... So kind of like Zeus with Greek mythology, he was the father of other gods? Well, no, that's that's just straight up polytheism because oh. those are... Yeah, he's the father of the gods, but the way those stories are told, there's a lot of interplay between them. Sometimes one can can outmaneuver even Zeus. This is the idea that there there's like levels. There There is one most high supreme overall mm. again not a just not just a i mean it is a polytheistic notion because it is more than one god but the henotheism is that there's one who is supreme who is overall who maybe even created all the other ones so some suggest that it, when we find this phrase most high god in the old testament there was still that idea yeah there's gods over the nations but there's one god who supremely reigns over all of them and that was the jewish god and yet what the Jewish God highlights is that, no, that's not the way it is. Yeah. There aren't other gods. No. I alone am God. And most right. high God is that idea of being God to the uttermost, being being supremely, completely God. And he's the only one. Right. He, he is the only one. And while there may be celestial beings or other spiritual beings, even those are created by him and uh, he subdues them. And not divine. 
Mm-hmm. They are of different stuff, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. God is of divine stuff. All other created beings are of created stuff, stuff. at various levels. Uh-huh. You know, it's certainly the angels, as we yeah. said earlier in, in Hebrews, Hebrews, are of a different stuff than you and I are. Right, right. The Hebrew but writer makes that clear. But we're all of different stuff than God is. So Melchizedek is this priest of the Most High God. And what our author is doing, it's it's fantastic. He's demonstrating a connection between two psalms. Mm-hmm. And he's allowing these psalms to kind of feed off of each other and inform each other and let us know that when we're reading these two psalms, we need to take them together mm-hmm. and we need to let them inform one another. And and this comes from a few chapters ago in Hebrews uh, where he quotes from Psalm 2. Right. He quotes from Psalm 2, Today the Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And where he quotes from Psalm 110, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, Arthur in Hebrews brought both of those together. He said, look, he spoke this. He spoke Psalm 2 to the son. Mm-hmm. He is speaking Psalm 110 to the son also. And so what we have is this king who is set on Zion's hill, which we've already pointed out is Jerusalem, which the king of Salem. Yeah. And now we've got this psalm about you are a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Yeah. So here is this king priest in Zion. He's God's king priest. And what our author is telling us is this was all pointing towards something, and that is Jesus. And we have him. We have the ultimate king priest, who's the king of righteousness, the king of peace. He is set on God's holy hill. Everyone else needs to submit and surrender because all the other kings, none of them are as good as this king. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is all because God has sworn it. He had spent some time, the Hebrew writer, at the end of the sixth chapter, talking about the importance of God's oaths God's word, that when he swears it, there's nothing that can uh, violate that in any way. Here it has come to pass for the Son. Absolutely. And he highlights that the superior blesses the inferior. We've got Melchizedek, the priest, again, pointing to the superiority of Jesus, not only over Aaron and Levi, not only over Moses and angels, but over all the other kings, Mm -hmm. all the other kings. Mm -hmm. He is our king of righteousness and peace. Amen to that. We're so glad that you joined us today for Text Talk. Let us know what you're learning from the Word. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, and let's have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for scripture. When we have a reading like today, we see how all the pieces work together and even things that maybe in our first reading we don't appreciate how important they come to be, Uh, like reading the name Melchizedek and a couple of verses of Genesis, and, and then to see how by sharing that information, a huge, huge plan begins to unfold, leading us ultimately to our King of Peace and our King of Righteousness. We pray that you would bless us as we go throughout this week to understand better the role of Jesus Christ in your plan of redemption and in our lives. And in his name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.